This is the Ipsy SDA Media Network. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Look at all these lovely smiley faces looking at me this morning. Uh, 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 I, I know I'm going to pronounce your name, Sister Abony. I, I was sitting there trying to figure out, when you said you're nervous, trust me, I'm nervous every time I stand up in front of you, so you're in good company. Trust me on that. You got all these eyes just looking at you, you know, and it's like, oh, boy, they're going to even understand what I'm about to say. Regardless, it is good to be here this morning with everybody. I'm happy to be here. Uh, got here safely yesterday. Uh, uh, and I've been, I've been practicing how to say this town. Ypsilanti. I said it right? Thank you, thank you, thank you. So many people have been asking me, how do you pronounce the name of that place? And so I, I try to spell it out without the Y, and I say the Y is silent, and I spell it I-P hyphen S something hyphen something else. But, but, but that's the only way it makes sense to people that I know, if I put it that way. Like, I, don't under, I still don't understand why the Y is there. But it's all right, Ypsilanti. I have been practicing that. I'm going to get better and better as we go forward together in Jesus' name. Oh, this thing ended up way back here. Let me move this back up here. All right, all right. Okay, so I have a word for you today. I have a word for myself today. You know, one thing about preaching, um, generally you're talking to yourself. <laughs> generally you are really constructing a sermon to yourself and it's literally like okay God I, I, I hope somebody else gets something out of this but it's really hitting here first and I say that with all truth and sincerity let me start with prayer and then I want to uh, share a story let us pray Heavenly Father Lord we thank you for bringing us together here at the Ypsilanti Seventh-day Adventist Church I pray, Lord, you bless us these next few moments in Christ's name. Amen and amen. And to the viewers, I'm not sure what camera to look at. To the viewers uh, who are online presently or who will watch this later on, happy Sabbath to you as well. And so thankful that you could be here with us at the Ypsilanti Seventh-day Adventist Church. I want to tell you a true story. This is a true story about a man in Austria. It was told in the year 2000, 23 years ago of how he used to serve the devil in trying to prevent the prayers of Christians. True story. The unnamed man was born after his parents had dedicated themselves to Lucifer. When he was still in the womb, they performed many rituals to dedicate him to the service of Lucifer. When he was four years old, he began to exercise his spiritual power and his parents began to fear him. When he was six years old, his father brought him to some witches for them to train him. True story. And by the time he was 10 years old, 10 years old, he was doing tremendous exploits for the kingdom of the devil. He was feared by the common witches. He had so much power. He was still a young boy, but he was so terrible in the things that he did. He grew to be a young man, and by the time he was in his 20s, he had a lot of blood already on his hands for the things that he had done. He killed at will. He had the ability to leave his body through transcendental meditation. Let me pause right here before I, before I read further. I remember uh, interviewing an individual at 3ABN some years back. And he used to do astral projection. I don't know if you're familiar with astral projection. Um, and he used to actually come out of his body and he could fly around different places and do things in different locations while his physical body was in another, in another place. Astral projection. If you go back to roughly 2010, 2011, you'll see where I interviewed this individual from Florida about this. And he could levitate. Speaking of this boy in this story, he could levitate. At times, his body would rise off the ground and hang in midair. Sometimes he would go into a trance and leave his body. His body would remain behind him when he went out into the world by a practice called astro projection. 
He was used by Satan to destroy or divide many churches and to ruin many pastors. Now, the story goes on to talk about how Satan and evil spirits would work to prevent the prayers of the saints as the devil and his fallen angels would go from church to church wrecking havoc. The story is a real life example of how Satan works against us to cause chaos in the church and prevent the prayers of the saints. Go with me in your Bibles once again to Ephesians chapter 6 verses 12. But also as you go to Ephesians 6:12, I also want you to go to Daniel chapter 10 verses 1 through 3. Now, upstairs they do not have Daniel 10:1 through 3. I did not send that text because I knew from last time I was here y'all are used to seeing everything on the screen. I want you to turn to the text. Amen. Amen. That means you can grab your old Bible. You got a pew Bible. You can turn to it in your phone, your tablet, your iPad, whatever you have. I want you to go to these two texts, Ephesians 6, 12. And then I want you to go to Daniel chapter 10, verses 1 through 3. And I'll read both of these from the New King James Version Bible. When you have it, let me know by saying amen. Amen. All right. That was six people. Let's let's I see some others. I see some others turning. No rush, no rush. We, we, you know, Bible studies at 2.30. We got time. We do got time. I know y'all are going to be hungry and all those good things, but we got time. All right, I see a few more, a few more. All right, everybody there? Y'all ready? All right, that way we can see this stuff in the Bible for ourselves so you don't think I'm making this up. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we do not, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Full stop, as Jamaicans say. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. There is something happening behind the scenes. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. We are literally fighting things that we can't see. Literally, Daniel chapter 10, verses 1 through 3. Daniel 10, verses 1 through 3. Let me know you're there by saying amen. All right, that is in the Old Testament. For those who do not know, there are 12 chapters in the book of Daniel, and we want chapter 10, verses 1 through 3. And it reads this. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel whose name was called Belteshazzar. The message was true. But the appointed time was long. Y'all know how God just takes a long time to answer something sometimes, right? The appointed time was long. And he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. Verse two, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks, 21 full days. Verse three, I ate no pleasant food. I didn't want your tofu. I didn't want your haystacks. I didn't want your ackee and salt fish. I didn't want none of it. I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three weeks were fulfilled. I'll speak to you from the title, Waiting Behind the Scenes, Waiting Behind behind the scenes. Now, even though, my friends, even though the wait seems long at times and you are not aware of what is going on, rest assured that God has heard your prayers. Oh, saints of God, I know you understand that sometimes it seems like God is up there eating cupcakes while we are down here struggling. Sometimes it feels like God just is not listening. You ever had those moments before? You've been begging and you've been pleading and you've been on your knees. You've been on your stomach. You've been on your back. You've been in every position that you can think of. And it just seems like nothing is transpiring. But I need you to understand this. I need you to rest assured that God has heard every last one of your prayers. Now, think about this for a moment. Presently, there's roughly 8 billion people on this earth. How many people? 
8 billion people on this earth. Now imagine, let's just say 5 billion of those individuals are praying at the exact same time. 5 billion at the exact same time. Do you understand that we serve a God who can differentiate each and every single voice of that individual out of all 5 billion of those people? He's a God that does not get get my prayer confused with your prayer. He's a God that does not get your prayer confused with your prayer. He is not a God that gets confused. If all of y'all start talking to me in here at the same exact time, y'all about to mess with my mind. I can't handle that. That is a, a complete overload on my brain. But the God we serve can hear every last one of us. No matter what time zone we are in, no matter who we are or where we are. However, the wait is often very annoying and or difficult if we keep it real. If we keep it 100%, the wait annoys us. Let's be truthful. Waiting for commercials to go off so your favorite show can come back on. I don't know about you, but I hate watching a football game and they cut to commercial. Please get back to the game already. I don't care if my team is winning or losing. I don't want to watch a commercial. I don't want to see no advertisement. I don't care about no shoes, no shirt. I don't care about no cologne. I don't care about any of that. Just please get back to the program, please. That's what I'm watching for. We, we don't like to wait for the commercials. But also, we hate waiting in a traffic jam when you're in a rush to get somewhere. We don't care that it's an accident two miles ahead. We don't care that maybe God is preventing something from transpiring. All we know is I gotta be there at 11 o'clock and it is 10.57 and this traffic is slowing me up. That's all we care. We get on our horns and we get the honking, we mashing our gas, we ready to get somebody the middle finger, but because we're Christians, we catch, oh, I hope we catch ourselves. Yeah, I know that's right. I hope we catch ourselves, but we're ready to give somebody a piece of our mind. Oh, that traffic. How about, how about when we're waiting for God to show up and heal our relationships? Where you've been, if you've seen that movie War Room, where you're you're literally on your knees, you've you've created a battle plan with God, and you've been on your knees for years praying for the healing of this relationship, and it just don't seem like it's happening. Have you ever been there, saints of God? The The wait is often very annoying, or how about waiting on God to impress your son or your daughter to come back to church? Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. How many times have we been on our knees begging God to get our children's attention, to bring them back to 402 South Adams Street? How many years have we been at it time and time again, just waiting for our son or our daughter to crack through that door so we can really rejoice and give God all the praise, the honor, and the glory we're waiting but how about while we're waiting for a new pastor to come to the Ypsilanti Seventh-day Adventist Church while the wait just seemed like it would not end it has finally ended my friends waiting is often very annoying and or difficult Well, we're often annoyed by waiting, and while waiting is often difficult, the concept of waiting is a natural part of life and is found throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. It is consistently in the Bible. The word wait is found some 106 times in 101 verses in the King James Version Bible. The concept and practice of waiting is seen in such stories as the fall of man and the promise of a seed to come and crush Satan. You remember when it was given in Genesis 3:15, which happened at the cross, but from the promise to the cross, the wait was around 4,000 years. Whew, man. <laughs> Raise your hand if you are 3,999 years old. All right, that's what I thought. Nobody is that age in here. 4,000 years. Oh, my. 
word, when you think of, we can't even much fathom 4,000 years because we live to around 100 or less or whatever and we just pass away. But 4,000 years from Genesis 3.15, when that promise was given, and if you don't know what promise I'm talking about, go back and read Genesis 3.15. And, 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 and when the serpent's head would be crushed, it happened at the cross. 4,000 years, my friends, 4,000 years to wait. 4,000 years, or, or how, about, how about in Genesis 6, right? How about in Genesis 6, when God tells Noah that there will be a flood, the wait was 120 years, but not only that, plus the seven-day wait when the door was closed. Hold on, you're telling me I got to wait even, another, I got to wait a week? I don't wait 120 years. Now I got to wait longer? Come on, guys. The, 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 God, the concept of waiting is all through Scripture. How about the children of Israel? They waited 400 plus years before they were freed from Egyptians. Ain't none of us up in here been through nothing for 400 years. You know why? Because ain't none of us 400 years old. None of us have been through something individually that long. Or how about Christ has been waiting in the most holy place since 1844. So we have been waiting for the return of Jesus for almost 179 years. Since Christ stepped into the most holy place, October 22nd, 1844, and we're waiting for him to step out of the most holy place and put on his garments of vengeance and say, he that is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. 179. Ain't none of us in here 179 years old. But the wait continues. The concept and practice, my friends, of waiting is all throughout the Bible. I often make a statement, immediacy is a direct antagonist to God. See, we live in an age where we want things quick and fast and in a hurry. That's how we want it. Y'all know what happens when you, when, you, when you go somewhere and your cell phone has one bar, right? And you just need some Wi-Fi somewhere. So you can make a call, check your email, check something on Google, and you just need, but see, some of y'all might remember when there was dial-up. Y'all remember when there was dial-up? Y'all remember you had to take out the phone cord from the phone, you had to plug it into the computer, and then it made a type sound or whatnot. Man, you talk about slow. And you couldn't use the phone, the house phone, at the same time that the, comp that the uh, thing was plugged up, that the internet or ethernet cord was plugged up. You couldn't. It was slow. And oh, it just seemed like it took forever. But, but we live in an age where just everything just moves and moves and moves. You can, you can take your food and you can put it in the microwave, push 30 seconds, and you got your whole meal done for you right there. We live in an age where we don't fully understand the, the concept of waiting, yet God tells us repeatedly and repeatedly, wait. While the wait is often difficult, the wait, my friends, is often for various reasons that we may or may not be aware of. You know what, you know what some of our problem is? We're, we all think we're smarter than God. If we keep it 100%, we all think we're smarter than God because we think we know when we should have something, whereas God is saying, no, 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 you ain't ready for that just now. But you, but you think because we believe that we are masters and commanders over our own life. So we walk around thinking that we know everything even more than God, which becomes an issue in our waiting. You realize we often get in our own ways plenty of times. But oftentimes we're just not, just not ready and we may not know. Perhaps we're just not ready for what God wants to give us. We pray for things, but what are we doing while we're waiting? We pray for things time and time again and say, Lord, give me this. Lord, give me that. But are you preparing your heart, your mind, your life, your environment? Are you preparing everything for whatever you're praying for? Are you or are you waiting for God to answer it, then begin to make some changes? Hmm. See, a lot of times we don't move by any kind of faith. We move by sight. We know the Bible text, without faith it's impossible to please him, move by faith, not by sight. But we know it in concept, just not in theory. 
just not in theory. Right, right, right. So perhaps we're not ready for something. Perhaps God is trying to teach us something like patience or total dependence on him. Now, let's think hypothetically for a second, right? Let's say, for instance, matter of fact, raise your hand if you're employed by somebody. Raise your hand if you got a job, a J-O-B. All right, put your hand down. Now, let's say, for instance, on Monday morning, you feel a strong impression from the good Lord that says, quit your job. It's a strong impression that comes upon your mainframe that says, quit your job. What you going to do about it? Oh, you're going to start to reason that thing out. But God, how am I going to do this? But God, how am I going to do this? But God, how am I going to figure this out? But God, how am I going to figure this out? See, 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 what we do is we have partial dependence on God, but then we say we have full dependence on God. Oh, we live it all the time. All the time. That's why most of our giving has not even increased. That's why our, our offering has still been at the 2% for the last 10 years, and we have not doubled it, tripled it, because we give just enough so we make sure we have enough to pay that bill. It's just how we, it's how we live. But then we say, I got all faith in God. Now, I'm not telling you to quit your job on Monday, so don't, <laughs> don't go put in your lesser resignation. Pastor done said that God done said, quit my job. That's not what I said. If you need to understand what I said, this sermon going to be on YouTube in a little bit. Go back and watch what I said. Right? So maybe God is trying to teach us something like patience or total dependence on him. Or perhaps the wait is because of the fact that there is a real spiritual battle going on behind the scenes that you and I cannot see. You see, you see, I, I remember you. See, I remember you because you said two weeks ago about the, about the, the 35 years of marriage, right? See, 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 and that's 35 years. That is not absent of a lot of battles, right? Look at it, yeah. A lot of battles. See, 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 and sometimes in a relationship, you're battling each other, but it's really the demon in you and that other demon are doing some battle right here, but you can't see it, so the two are taking it out on one another. Because there's a real spiritual battle going on behind the scenes. That's just the fact of the matter. Ephesians 6.12 reveals to us a few critical things that we should understand about this world. Right? One, we're not fighting against humans. This isn't a human fight. This is not something that I can just box you on. It's not going to work. We're not fighting against humans. Ephesians 6.12 also shows us that we are fighting against things that we cannot see. Y'all remember when Muhammad Ali used to say, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Your hands can't hit what your eyes can't see. Y'all ever did any shadow boxing before? To the to about three of y'all in here that know what shadow boxing is. Raise your hand if you know what shadow boxing is. All right, so I expect a better response. <laughs> Any of y'all ever did some shadow boxing before in your life? You just hit in the air, right? Or y'all, any, any of y'all like to, y'all used to like to do slap box with your brother and sister and friends? Y'all know what slap box is? Try to knock the glasses off of them. <laughs> y'all remember that? Yeah! Try to knock their whole face on well, right? And so, <laughs> and, 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 but, but, but that's what Muhammad Ali said. Your hands can't hit what your eyes can't see. Right, right, right. Therefore, we fight against principalities, which are demonic rulers. Right. We fight against powers or authorities, rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in very high places. This battle that is going on behind the scenes is way beyond you and I. <laughs> y'all ever been in uh, y'all ever been in board meetings before? Sound like everybody in here been in them board meetings. See, 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 see. We, we, we come to these board meetings a little bit unconsecrated. We come in there with a whole lot of self, though. Right, 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 right. And then we do a simple prayer, right? But, but, but we've kept on self, 
right? And then you find in board meetings is, 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 is when the proverbial gloves come off and, and, and there's, a, there's a battle going on in there, right? But, but, but you got to understand that there's a spiritual battle happening behind the scenes. One of the things, quick story, one of the things when I, when I worked at 3ABN, uh, as, I, as I hosted, um, I would get to see what was going on all behind the cameras, right? Be, be, because prior to that, when I would look at TV, uh, this is easy. This ain't nothing. You just get on there and just say whatever you want to say, right? But, 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 but it was when I was sitting there and I saw the behind the scenes. And when I saw all the work that goes in to just being able to say, take one. There's a whole lot of process leading up to that, but we don't often see it because what we do is we sit down and watch Price is Right or we watch Judge Judy and it just looks easy. But there is a process, there is a work, there is a struggle that is going on behind the scenes. Now go back, go back with me to Daniel chapter 10. Go back. Go back to Daniel chapter 10 and just stay there. Daniel chapter 10, verses 4 through 14. Now, I'm not going to read it all, but I'm going to paraphrase it shortly. But just stick, stick there, Daniel 10, 4 to 14. You go home, and on your own time, you read this yourself. I'm not going to read every verse to you. Um, you can do that. The book of Daniel is very well known to Seventh-day Adventists, or I should say, should be known, very well known to Seventh-day Adventists as an end-time book. This is one of the books, Daniel Revelation, that we are supposed to know. Supposed to know. Emphasis on supposed. Now, the first six chapters are mostly historical in nature. You have the education of Daniel and his friends, which is chapter one. You have Nebuchadnezzar's dream of the great image and Daniel's prophetic interpretation, which is Daniel chapter two. You then have the deliverance of Daniel's friends from that good old fiery furnace of Daniel chapter 3. You have Nebuchadnezzar's second dream, his humiliation, and his restoration, which is in Daniel chapter 4. You have Belshazzar's feast and the loss of Babylon in Daniel chapter 5. And you have Daniel's deliverance from the lion's den in Daniel chapter 6. While the first six are historical, the last six chapters are mostly prophetic in nature. A lot of times we, 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 we spend the time in the fire, fiery furnace, the lion's den, but, but, but we'd be hard-pressed if I was to ask you, what does Daniel 11 talk about? Yeah, kings of the south. But there's a lot of stuff right there in Daniel chapter 11. But, 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 but because we haven't taken a lot of time to fully understand it, we just go back to the stories of what we know. Right, 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 right. That's what we do. That's what we tend to do. And so the last six being prophetic in nature, you have Daniel's second prophetic message of the four beasts, which is Daniel chapter seven. You have Daniel's third prophetic message of the ram, the goat and the twenty three hundred day year prophecy of Daniel chapter eight. Daniel's fourth prophetic message, which was a man clothed in linen, the controversy behind the scenes, events in history for thousands of years and prophetic timelines, which run from Daniel 10 all. All the way through Daniel 12. Also within these 12 chapters, the recurring theme is that there is a constant conflict between the forces of good and the forces of evil with the ultimate victory being on the side of God with and those with him requiring a waiting period. Y'all know how long we've been just waiting for the Lord to come back. I remember when I was a little bit of kid, right? Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is yay at the very doors. Jesus is knocking at the, we're at the toenails of time. Y'all remember the image of Daniel 2, ain't he somewhere up there? Yeah, part of him up there right there. We're at the toenails of time. I'm 41 now, and we're still in the toenails of time. But the, but, but, but the, but the thing is, do not get weary in waiting. Waiting is a part of the Christian experience. God, my friends, is not a genie. You cannot just rub his little lamp and say, give me three wishes. And my first one is to go to heaven. Right. And my second one is to have unlimited wishes. And my third one is I want all the money in the world. Right. God is not that. God is 
not a microwave. You can't put it on for 30 seconds and then voila. It don't work like that. Newsflash. Sorry to tell you. It just does not work like that. Also, we find uh, uh, in the book of Daniel, we find typology spread throughout the book of Daniel as Daniel is being a type of Christ. That's all typology is, a type of Christ. Daniel risked his life to save the lives of the wise men of Babylon. Remember in Daniel 2, he says, oh, king, oh, king, live forever. I can tell, spare, spare, spare these individuals. Just as Jesus not only risked his life, but willingly gave, him, gave up to save Jews and Gentiles who believe in him. We're talking about typology. Darius unsuccessfully tried to save Daniel from the lion's den, just as Pilate unsuccessfully tried to save Jesus from the cross the king found Daniel alive early the next morning and had him lifted out of his grave just as very early Sunday morning the women went to the tomb and found Jesus raised out of his grave we're talking about typology David was greatly beloved by God and so was Jesus as evidenced by the statement you are my son the beloved in whom I am well pleased. As Daniel was a man of prayer, so was Jesus. As Daniel mourned over Jerusalem, so did Jesus. When Jesus said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, oh, how often I've desired to gather your children together. Typology is found repeatedly through the book of Daniel and being a type of Christ is honorable. While the contrast, being of type of Satan, being a type of Satan, causing confusion is not honorable. There's a specific event in the fourth prophetic se section, which we're going to look at today. Don't worry, it won't be too long, but you know, you ain't got nothing else to do this the Sabbath. <laughs> I mean, you know, y'all like to rush for what you got. To, you got to go home and watch TV. <laughs> it ain't sunset, so you can't do that. <laughs> Sorry for you. So y'all going to be here as long as I'm standing up here. And if you try to go out that door, I'm going to follow you out that door. Straight up. We ain't going nowhere. Not till I'm done. Amen. <laughs> you know, I, I, I used to hate when I was a little kid, and I was ready to go after 10 minutes of the sermon. And, 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 and you, hear the, you hear the little old saint back there. Go on, preacher. Take your time, preacher. And I'd be like, No! I'm hungry. Can you please end now? And the plane just would not land. <laughs> y'all know how y'all know how it is, man. Y'all know how it is. It don't work. We'd be done in a, in a yeah, whatever. All right. See, <laughs> Daniel 10, like I like to keep, I just like to have fun, guys. I love, I love to have fun. I love to be serious, I love to have fun. Daniel 10, my friends, is is special because in Daniel 10, we get a behind-the-scenes glimpse of the spirit world. We get a behind-the-scenes glimpse of what is happening. When you pray, we get a behind-the-scenes glimpse in Daniel 10 of what is actually happening, right? Daniel 11 and 12 is the actual vision of the thousands of years of history. However, Daniel 10 serves as the introduction to the vision, which reveals the significance of the waiting period that Daniel was experiencing. He, remember, I read the text for how many weeks? I just showed you. Three full weeks. He, he, he didn't eat no food. He didn't drink nothing. He didn't anoint himself. He did nothing. For three full weeks, he's fasting, awaiting some kind of answer to his prayer. Daniel 10, it pulls the veil back now. It pulls the veil back and it begins to show what is actually happening from the time you pray. Not just Daniel. But from the time you, 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 and me, we pray, right? Verse 1 through 3, which I, which, I, which I already read, serves as the preparation for the vision, right? Daniel states that the vision took place in the third year of Cyrus, which was 536 B.C., which by then many of the Jews had been back to Palestine, according to the prophecy of Isaiah, explaining that they would be in captivity for 70 years, Right? Also, we find in Daniel chapter 10, verses 1 through 3, fasting and praying for a continued period of three weeks. Three full weeks. 
Verse 4 to 9, as I stated, I'm not going to read it. You read that on your own time. Verse 4 to 9 is the vision of the divine being clothed in linen. If you, if you look at it, if you glance at it, you're going to see where that divine being is showed their clothes. On the 24th day of the first month, which is Nisan, which is equivalent to our month of April, Daniel sees a figure. Daniel sees something. Daniel begins to now witness that there is something there. Verse 10 to 19, Gabriel now shows up. However, there was a three-week waiting process in between. Now, I don't know what you would have done for those three weeks. I don't know what I would have done for those three weeks. You know, we all like to believe. Y'all ever realized? Y'all ever realized in, in Bible stories when we put ourselves there, we're always the good guy in the story doing the right thing? Have you ever realized that? You realize you're never Goliath, you're always David? How is that possible? How is that possible? You, you, you realize when the, there's the story of David and Bathsheba, but you're never David who's staring at Bathsheba. Hmm. But you look at porn from time to time, and then you come to church. But you're never David in that instance, right? But you're David when you're fighting Goliath, right? You, 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 you realize there was a Cain and an Abel, and you're never Cain when you put yourself in the story, but yet you talk bad about your brother and your sister. But you're never Cain. Has anybody ever realized that? There's like a complex we have that we always put ourselves as the good person, not as the antagonist. So why we got so many problems at board meeting? Oh, oh, we got some canes up in there, y'all. Yeah, but see, but see, but see, a lot of times we're not honest with ourselves, and so we always make ourselves out to be the good one, and we're always the individual that's making it into the kingdom. Y'all realize that? We're never the individuals who we're calling for the rocks to fall on us, ever. We never are, even though we do behavior that, 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 that show, and we lack faith in God and trust in God, and we don't really accept what he did for us. We, 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 we just don't put ourselves under them rocks. We always put ourselves in the trans translation, in the blink of an eye, in the moment, in the twinkling, we are ascending up on high. What would you have done for those three weeks? Be real, keep it 100, folks. What would you be doing? But then as I stated in verse 10 through 19, Gabriel now shows up after three weeks of fasting. Man, buddy is hungry. He just wants a stripple or something. He's starving. He wants some water. He needs something. It's been three weeks. And he says to Daniel in verse 12, do not fear, Daniel. Watch this. For the first day, for from the first day that you set your heart to unrest and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. From the first day, you began to fall on your knees and say, God, my son and my daughter, I need them back into the fold. God heard you. God heard your cry. God witnessed your cry. God witnessed your tears. God is right there. However, there's a spiritual battle that is happening behind the scenes. From the first day, from the first day, and now in verse 13, Gabriel now explains. Gabriel now explains why there was a three-week wait between when he first began to pray and Gabriel showing up to tell him the vision. It must be a beautiful thing to have a conversation. I know, I know we want to, you know, it's great we have a conversation with God and everything, but, but you know, just any of the angelic beings, to have a conversation with Gabriel, right? Just to find, man, what you been doing for three weeks, man? You know, we're going we gonna, to we gonna talk a little rough at first. You know how it be when we irritated, we in our feelings, you're going to talk a little bit rough first until that other person calms you down just a little bit. You're going to be a little bit, man, what you was doing, Gabriel? Like, you ain't see me down here. I was hungry. I was tired. I was annoyed. What you been doing? Hold up now. You got, I got to put this in my vernacular. I don't know what your vernacular is, but this is how I read the Bible, and I kind of just put it in my vernacular and spit it out to you guys, right? And, and, and so you got to imagine Gabriel saying, hold up, bro. Hold up, bro. What, what you talking about, man? 
You don't even know what you're talking about because you have no clue what's transitioning, by, what's happening behind the scenes. You see, we're so ready to complain to God. We're so ready to be annoyed at God because God takes forever and we ain't got no clue of what's happening behind the scenes. None. See, 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 I, 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 like, to, I like to put it this way. See, we have a rat view of, of life. Right? Any of y'all like rats? Raise your hand. I ain't talking about snitches, y'all. I ain't talking about, you know, six nines and none of those. I'm talking about, you know, I'm talking about rats, the, the things that's infested in New York City that we have the rats, the big juicy rats, right? Right, right, right. See, see, see. But the but the rats, the rats, they run around on the ground and they eat in eat up stuff, get in your house and all that kind of stuff, eat your trash, all that good stuff, right? That's the kind of view we have as human beings about life. Right? God has what I like to call an eagle eye view. He has that sharp, that focused, that view that can see the whole picture. Right, right, right. We see about a little bit like this. And we think we got all the answers. You, we ain't got no answers, y'all. Our only answer is to wait and trust on God. That's it. Because once you start trusting in yourself, you ain't going to do nothing but get impatient, irritated, mad, frustrated, all the rest of them feeling words. That's all you're going to get. And what God is telling you, just trust me. I got it. But a lot of times we just struggle with trusting God. And you know why? Because we struggle with trusting each other. See, we, we relate to God how we relate to people. Right? We project onto God how we are with people. Right. And so and so we're used to Christians stabbing us in the back. So we attribute God as a stabber in the back. We're used to Christians. Yes, Christians, Seventh-day Adventist Christians. Let me be a little bit more specific since I'm in Ipsy Seventh-day Adventist Church. Right. We're used to profess Christians lying to us. And so we somewhere in the in the mainframes of our minds, we make God a liar. Because that is our experience with other Christians. Seventh-day Adventist Christians, right? And so when it comes time to wait on God, which involves trust, we struggle with trust because we've been cheated on by Christians. We've been played by Christians. We've been treated badly by Christians. And so we put this on God that he is untrustworthy and he is unfaithful. And so we struggle with the weight. If we all honest in here. If we're all honest, but Gabriel, Gabriel comes flying down from heaven and I don't know what his flight looked like from heaven. I don't know if he just kind of, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's how he came from heaven or if I don't know if he just came zooming down like and just came flying and right before he hit the earth, whoa! I don't know. Picture it however you want to in your mind. But the thing is, the Bible says he showed up. That's, that's what I know. Right? That's the part that I know. And so, and so he shows up. And now he's about to give Daniel what the vision is. Right? So verse 13. It said, it said but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. 21 days, the full three weeks that you was praying from the first day, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. And Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. Right, right. Verse 13, my friends, it pulls back the veil that separates the spirit world and us. Remember, Ephesians 6.12 says what? We wrestle not against flesh and blood we wrestle not against flesh and blood that means there are things that are happening behind the scenes we wrestle not my friends gabriel is revealing to daniel what has transpired behind the scenes which explains to him why he has been waiting for three weeks for some kind of answer to his prayer and buddy been waiting 
powers work behind the scenes, powers for good and powers for evil. The prince of the kingdom of, of, of Persia is Cyrus, who is mentioned at the beginning of that chapter of chapter 10. Behind the scenes now, behind the scenes, Cyrus is manipulated by the power of Satan. You see, there are but two powers in this world. It is the power of God and the power of Satan. And every last one of us are being worked by one of them. Desire Rages says that uh, it's, 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 it's in the chapter, um, um, it's, it's, I think it's chapter 9, but, it's, but it's, it's, it's showing what the world looked like before Christ came to this earth. And it says the very organs of human beings were worked by demonic powers. If you, if, 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 you, if you read Sister White's writing, she even gives a description of what Satan looks like right before he gets one of his victims in his clutches, right? Every last one of us are being worked by one of two powers. That's it. One of two powers, right? And, and, and Cyrus, my friends, is being manipulated by the power of Satan as evidenced by Gabriel's statement, but the prince of the kingdom withstood me. A man cannot withstand an angel. Not possible. It is not possible. There is no way little old Aaron, that's me for y'all that don't know. I'm little old Aaron. There is no way little old Aaron can fight Gabriel. It's not happening. It's not possible. I don't care if I go get me a chopper. That's an AK-47 for you guys that don't know. I don't care if I go get whatever kind of pistol with a full drum on it. It don't make no never mind. I can't fight Gabriel. I can't fight, I can't fight Satan, I can't fight any of the angels, I can't fight any of them in my own power. It's not going to happen. It is not. Withstood me or released, withstood me or resisted me according to the Hebrew and its context reveals that this was a confrontation which was either verbal or legal in character, similar to Zechariah 3 when Satan stood to withstand Joshua the high priest or Job 1 and 2 when Satan debated God about Job. Human beings apart from God cannot withstand angels who are more powerful than us. It's not possible. Therefore, this leaves no question that this fallen angel is working against Gabriel through Cyrus to prevent Daniel's prayer on behalf of Cyrus to work for the people of God. We're talking about waiting behind the scenes. What is happening behind the scenes? In addition, my friends, this, this had to be Satan because Gabriel says that Michael, who he knows to be Jesus, had to come to help him, someone more powerful than Gabriel. Therefore, behind the scenes, we see powers at work. Mighty Gabriel couldn't even do battle with him himself. He's got to call on Michael. Jesus! You ever been in one of those moments where you feel like you're being beat down by Satan from the left to the right, up, down, and all you can do is say, Lord, help me. You remember when Peter was, was walking on the water and he starts to sink and you notice his prayer ain't, Lord, great God of heaven and earth, who magnifies the earth with all his grandeur light. And glory. He would have been at the bottom of the sea by then. But it's those moments when you're drowning in life and all you have is God, save me. Gabriel is calling on Jesus. Gabriel, this mighty angel who stands in the very presence of God, Gabriel is calling on Jesus to defeat Satan. Here's a couple of quotes for you. Cyrus, this is from Truth About Angels, page 144. Cyrus, the Persian monarch, had resisted the impressions of the Spirit of God during the three weeks while Daniel was fasting and praying. But heaven's prince, the archangel, Michael, was sent to turn the heart of the stubborn king to take some decided action to answer the prayer of Daniel. Also, another quote, how little, how little do we realize what is going on in the unseen world in relation to human affairs? We just don't pay attention. We're in such a rush to get to work. We're in such, such a rush to get off of work. We're in such a rush to watch our favorite TV show. 
We're in such a rush for everything, we do not realize what's happening in the unseen world. Here the curtain is for a moment lifted and we catch a glimpse, glimpse of the movements within. Daniel prays, the creator of the universe hears. You pray, the creator of the universe hears. I pray, the creator of the universe hears. The command is issued to Gabriel to go to his relief. But the king of Persia must act before Daniel's prayer is answered. And the angel hastens to the Persian, hastens to the, hastens to the Persian king. Satan, no doubt, musters his forces to oppose. They meet in the royal palace of Persia. All the motives of selfish interest and worldly policy which Satan can play upon, he no doubtless uses to the best advantage to influence the king against the compliance with God's will. While Gabriel brings to bear his influence in the other direction, the king struggles between conflicting emotions. Have you ever been in a situation where your emotion is leading you this way and your emotion is leading you this way? There are but two powers. He hesitates. He delays. Day after day passes away, yet Daniel prays on. Notice that Daniel prays on. He has no clue of the battle that's transpiring, but Daniel does not give up. It says Daniel prays on. The king still refuses to yield to the influence of the angels. Three weeks expire and lo, a mightier than Gabriel joins him in the palace of the king. And then they come to Daniel to acquaint him with the progress of the events. Look at that God. You know, one thing about God, I'm finished reading that one second, but one thing about God, notice how it says he comes to acquaint him with what was transpiring. Isn't that a good God? See, God didn't just leave him to where you have no clue of what's transpiring. He dedicated himself. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. Come hella high water. I'm going to do what I need to do. And after the three, four weeks, Gabriel comes. And now here comes some clarity of what's happening. You see, most of us, we move by sight, right? We move by sight. God says to move by faith. Pray in faith. He hears you from the first day you answer, but there is stuff that is transpiring in this world that you and I cannot see. Three, four weeks have expired and lo, a mightier than Gable joins in the palace of the king and then they come to Daniel to acquaint him with the progress of the events. From the first day, Said Gabriel, your prayer was heard, but during these three weeks, which you have devoted, listen to this, you have devoted to prayer and fasting, the king of Persia has resisted my influence and prevented my coming. Because behind the scenes, there is a battle going on. He's got to, they've got to deal with Satan behind the scenes, right? And so what you have to do is you have to position yourself in a posture of prayer and say, you know what? I'm going to pray come hella high water because from the first day you lifted up your voice unto heaven, God heard your plea. From the first, not the second day, not the second day, from the first day, the first day, the first second, the first minute, you said, God, he tuned his ear to you. He heard it. But the fact of the matter is, he heard all of our prayers in the exact same day. And that same heavenly ear, he tuned it over here. He tuned it over here. He tuned it all over here. And he said, from the first day, I heard you. And I've been working for you, even when you couldn't see it, saints of God. God is working. Even when we can't tell it, God is working. Here's the reality, saints of God. While we're all waiting for prayers to be answered, there are unseen things that are happening in the spirit world. So what should we do? Hmm. What should we do? Don't worry. Don't you guys rush me. I'm going to give you three points, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. Is that all right? Y'all thought I was about done, didn't y'all? <laughs> I drove all the way over here from New York City. I came to bring a word today. Amen. Amen. So what should we do? The first thing we need to do is we need to fast in our situation. You better pick something and start fasting, and don't pick something that you know is too easy for you to do. Come on, don't do that. Don't do that. I ain't going to watch TV today. Well, you don't even watch TV. <laughs> Pick something else. Pick something that's an actual sacrifice. But, 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 but you saw in Daniel 3, he fasted in his situation. 
So, so, so you need to fast in your situation. Remember the Bible says in Matthew 17, 21, talks about how fasting and prayer are necessities as you're moving in faith in the service of God. So, so, so you've got to fast in your situation. Whatever you are going through, you need to stop, pause for a second and begin to fast. Some things, as the Bible says, don't come about unless it's by fasting and prayer. It might mean you need to put down the stripples for a second. It might mean you need to give us some sleep for a little bit. That might mean you need to do something to sacrifice for God. Point number two, point number two, identify Jesus in your situation. Identify Jesus in your situation. Daniel chapter 10 verses five through six shows you that. See, 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 don't find yourself so impatient in your weight that you don't see Jesus. See, waiting is hard, folks. We know this. All of us know waiting for something is hard. You've been waiting to get married. You've been waiting to get remarried. You've been waiting to find somebody to marry. <laughs> You've been waiting to get out your marriage. You've been waiting for something. It's just, something just ain't shaking and baking for you the way that you want. You thought you was going to go to college and complete it in four years, but 10 years later, you're still on the same degree because you done ran out of money six times and you don't qualify for no more loans, but you got to wait. You've got to wait, folks. You've got to wait. That is a thing in the word of God. And while you wait, you need to identify Jesus in your situation. You've got to. You're going to be tempted to look at everything else and everybody else, but you got to see where is Jesus moving in this, right? Because when you open up your spiritual eyesight, you begin to see things differently. You begin to see things a lot differently, but if you're only looking for things to happen one way, you're, newsflash, News flash, you are going to find yourself disappointed time after time after time because you're looking forward one way when God has a million ways to bless you, but he's got to put you through some things first. Identify Jesus in your situation. And the third and final point, listen out for the right voices in your situation. Daniel 10, 9. Listen out for the right voices in your situation. What do I mean? Daniel 10, 7 stated that there were others, there were, that others were with Daniel, yet they fled, right? You remember when Peter was riding on his high horse, not Peter, I'm sorry, Paul, Saul, he was riding on his high horse, right? You remember when he falls off, when the good Lord knocks him off, right? You're, you remember that there was other people, but they didn't see the light. You see, you see, sometimes you're around different people, but they don't see exactly what you see, Right. And sometimes God even prevents them from seeing because he really just needs to get you. Right. 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 So Daniel 10, 7 stated that others were with Daniel, yet they fled, not seeing the vision, yet they were. They didn't see the vision. Daniel did, even though he was in, he was with other people. They didn't see it. They were terrified, but they didn't see the vision. Daniel being left alone. He hears the sounds of the word spoken and he's able to differentiate what voice is that speaking to me? See, we often live in such a loud world. We can't hear God. I want everybody to do me a favor real quick. Can everybody do me this favor? Raise your hand if you have a voice. Yeah, just a voice. All right. Now, I need everybody to do me this favor with that voice. I need everybody on the count of three to shout. Yeah, I want you to shout. When I count to three, one, two, three, I want you to shout. And while you're shouting, just hold the shout. I'm going to say something. Can y'all do that with me? Y'all ready to shout? You got your shouting voices ready? Y'all need some water for your shout or you good? Y'all looking at me like y'all lost right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> all it means is, ah, that's all I need y'all to do. This ain't math, right? I ain't tricking y'all on nothing right now. All right. Y'all ready? Y'all know how y'all shout out y'all kids, man, when they get on your nerves. That's all I need you to do right now. One, two, three. What did I say? You couldn't hear it. What did I say? You read my lips. You didn't hear me. 
You read my lips. <laughs> that's, that's why I covered up my mouth like this because I said somebody might read my lips. Yeah, you read my lips. You didn't hear me. You see, we live in such a loud world, it is often too noisy to hear God's voice. He's trying to show you something, but you're so used to other people's voices, you can't even hear the voice of the Lord. In your situation, you need to listen out for the right voices. There will be people around you as you're waiting for your prayer to be answered. Some will say God doesn't hear you because the wait is so long. Some will say God is not real because the wait is so long. Yet nevertheless, separate yourself from those voices and listen for the voice of Jesus in the midst of your situation. While you're waiting, here's some text, and I'm going to wrap up in just a few minutes so you can get ready. Uh, Mr. What's your name over here? Byron. All right, Mr. Byron, in about three and a half minutes, I need you to play something, right? Three and a half minutes. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here's some text for you guys while you're waiting. Y'all ready? All right, that was mostly on this side of the room. Y'all ready? All right, I think everybody's with us now. Here we go. Here we go. Here's the first text, Psalms 27:14. What did I say? It says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. The next one is Psalms 37, 7 and 9. What is it? Got to make sure y'all listening, right? It says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. The next text, Psalms 37 verse 34, what did I say? There you go. Wait on the Lord and keep his way and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. The next text, Proverbs 20, verse 22. What did I say? Do not say I will recompense evil. Wait for the Lord and he will save you. Stop trying to get vengeance. The Bible says vengeance is mine. Thus saith the Lord. Be patient and wait. On the Lord. The next text, Isaiah 40, verse 31. What did I say? There we go. There we go. It says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength and they shall mount up. They shall mount up, saints of God, with wings like eagles and they shall run and they shall not be weary. They shall walk and they shall not faint. You can put your cane down. You can, you can get your running shoes out. You ain't going to get tired, saints of God. The last text I have for you, Isaiah 49, 23. What did I say? There we go. Isaiah 49, 23. It says, kings shall be your foster fathers and their queens, your nursing mothers. They shall bow down to you with their faces to the earth and lick up the dust of your feet. Then you will know that I am the Lord, for they shall not be ashamed who wait for me. Saints of God. Saints of God. Man, I know it gets hard waiting on God, man. Sometimes it just seems like, God, when are you going to give this mighty breakthrough? But saints of God, be patient. God is working for you. There's this song by Juanita Bytham entitled, I Don't Mind Waiting. And, and, and she simply says this, just a few words from it. It says, I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting on you, Lord. I don't mind waiting on you, Lord. Because I know you're coming. I don't mind waiting on you, Lord. The reality, folks, is that while waiting is annoying, rest assured that from the first day that you began to pray, God heard your prayers. Therefore, you want to fast in your situation while you wait. Identify Jesus in your situation while you wait. And listen out for the right voices in your situation while you wait trusting in God through the process. Mr. Byron, go and play something for us real quick. Y'all know life is hard, right? <laughs> life is hard, man. Life is annoying. But the, but, the, but, the, but the reality is there's a God in heaven that says even though it's hard, even though it's t even though you're running the race and you feel like, man, I just want to give up. I want to throw in the towel. I'm done with this thing. It is too hard, God. 
he still says, wait. Y'all remember when the children of Israel, they at the Red Sea? Exodus 14. And they whining and crying and complaining like we all do. We, are, we look, often look at the children of Israel like they just crazy, but they just really us. That's it. Because you'll be, if you, you know, most of us, we don't know how to swim, right? And, and, and if we're standing in front of the ocean and God is telling us, go in, <laughs> he's lying right now. I ain't getting in there, right? And we're going to do the same thing. We're going to whine and we're going to complain. Send me back to Egypt, right? Send me back to bondage and slavery. At least I knew that, right? But notice what he tells you. He said, steal yourselves. Chill. Look backwards. Didn't y'all just see what I just did for y'all? You remember when Jesus was on the cross, when, when, when the clouds came and, and, and before he yielded up the ghost and he said, it is finished. It, Desire of Ages said he had to remember how his father had led him in the past. While you wait, my friends, you've got to remember backwards. You've got to go backwards and say how God brought you through this and brought you through that. And he brought you over this hump and brought you through that valley. And he did all these amazing things for you. Even when you thought you should this and thought you should do that, God brought you through it all. Don't get weary in the wait, saints of God. Do not get weary in the wait. I want to just pray a special prayer for all of us, because we're all waiting for something. Whether we're waiting for our son, our daughter, whether we're waiting for whatever we're waiting, we're all waiting for something. And so I'm just going to pray a special prayer. That's going to be my appeal, a, a special prayer, that as we wait, we wait patiently knowing that from the first day, even if that first day started 20 years ago, from the first day, he heard you. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are human beings who are frail. We are human beings who suffer from impatience. We are human beings that are, are beat up often in this life. Lord, as Christ Objects Lesson talks about how this Christian walk is a battle and a march, some of us look battle-worn and torn. But you, Heavenly Father, you say just wait on you and so Lord whatever anybody is going through in this church today or even online I pray dear God that we steal ourselves trust in you be firm and wait on you knowing without a shadow of a doubt that you've got our best interest at heart bless us as the Ypsilanti Seventh-day Adventist Church bless us Heavenly Father in Jesus name I pray Amen and amen.